is a hose head. Production! You can run, but you can't hide from the Class Horrorcast. Haunting you from the Emerald Isle, your host Aaron Doyle takes you on a journey to the depths of horror. With exclusive interviews, horror news, reviews, and more. Tickets, please. You are about to enter the Theater of the Mad. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Aaron from Class Horrorcast, or First Class Horror. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this time. Um, we're going to, I guess, break down and analyze the movie The Witch. Uh, something that I actually wanted to do for a long time, but it was only uh, on your, I guess, recommendation again, Tom, that I kind of actually yeah. sat down and went, actually, wait, yeah, this movie's like a lot better and a lot fucking scarier than I gave it credit. Um and then just some lore surrounding witches and stuff. I'm joined by a very special guest who I am not going to butcher his usual introduction. So um, <laughs> why don't you tell everybody who you are? Uh, I am Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson, or the Raptilian, whatever you want to call me, I could care less. But I am one of the hosts of Strange Root Podcast. And essentially, Aaron, I like now, I believe, is under the umbrella, too, of the Host Heads production and he's kind of part of Strange Root Podcast now, also as one of the hosts, because we've been doing a lot of content together. And I'm super excited about this, and I'll tell you uh, specifically why this movie unnerved me. And I, I'm, I'm especially on my second viewing. I remember seeing it um, a couple years ago. I swore that my girlfriend saw it, but she was like, when we watched it, she was like, no, I don't remember this. And didn't you say, was this your first time, I thought you said, or did you... Have you seen it before and then re gave it another visit? Yeah, like I had, I say I watched it. It was one of those things I remember everybody talking about it. And like I put it on and like seen bits of the movie. Like I know that I probably watched the entire runtime, but hadn't actually yeah. seen majority of it. Yeah, it's a fucking spooky film. Yeah, and it's, and I, so when I started watching um, The Witch, essentially like I saw it a couple years ago. And then I was like, you know what? It'd be a really good film to watch outside. I'm watching a lot of horror movies uh, for all the people that are a fan of your show. Uh, I love horror movies. Always have, always will. And throughout the summer, I, you have a projector and stuff like that. So I've been watching movies outside. But I've been watching them on Magic Mushrooms. So it changed the experience a little bit. I, I've watched things like Phantasm. A lot of strange films. The one that fucked me up the most was definitely The Village because I'm like, whoa, this thing is that thing? And they're like, and I forgot about what happened in the film that scene since I was a kid. And I watched it. I was like, you know what would be a good idea? I was thinking of all these different movies that I wanted to do last week. And I was like, let's watch The Witch. And my girlfriend didn't really remember watching. I swore. I was like, who else would I have watched this with? I'm sitting down by myself maybe. But, And I went outside and took about a gram of mushrooms after I like dosed the day before, just on a microdose. And no visuals, but I was still in the mindset of psychedelics, essentially. Slight visuals, maybe, but very slight. So I had a beer or two, and I got sucked into the movie hard in that time, Aaron. I'm having all these very contemplating thoughts. What was your experience before I start diving more into mine? Uh, I didn't have as cool of an experience. Um, yeah. But one thing I will say, and I think I said this to you uh, earlier in the week, that uh, I definitely felt like I had a really strange experience watching the movie, even though I was stone cold sober. Yeah. Um, I really sat down and I, I kind of took your advice with like, 
Um, you know, I, it was late at night. I was in a quiet room. There was no light. It was just the movie. And it, you see, a lot of times when I watch a movie now, I don't even realize I'm doing it. I've got like my phone in my hand or I'm like doing, yes. I'm kind of like half doing other shit. Too. And like a lot of times it kind of takes me out of the the atmosphere. Whereas yeah. I felt like this was the first thing in a long time that I actually sat there and went, right, I'm giving this my undivided attention for the next however long. And I really got drawn into even like, even to the point where I felt like I was like hypnotized by some of like the way, um, I can't remember the, the guy's name who plays the dad. Um, oh, yeah. His voice was like hypnotic. Yeah, his weird, like, yeah. I can't describe his voice. And for everybody that's listening to this or watching it, um, I suggest you watch the movie, mm-hmm. okay? Before, and we should have this um, before we really get into anything, is if you haven't yet, pause. You can rent it fairly cheaply. It is a very good movie. It'll get you in the Halloween season. But sit down, watch it. It's only an hour and a half, which I like. It's a nice, it does everything perfectly within that hour and a half. I feel like movies are drawn out now and they try to make them super long when they don't need to be. And this one's kind of perfect. So everyone, before we get into this, pause this, stop it and go watch the movie. And if you have already seen it, get ready. Cause we're we talking about a lot of crazy shit. The dad's voice is hypnotic though. I can, that, I don't know how, like, yeah, you know, it reminds me of like, with arms wide open, <laughs> like that Creed kind of like yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he has like that really, um, a, a, a kind of a raspy like deep yes and and it's really they weird because even even listen to the trailer there a second ago um it, it's like and i know it's not like they, they didn't adr uh his voice in afterwards or anything like that but it yeah. really sounds like it points in it that he has his own specific microphone where he's very like when he's talking i know the sound and ambience uh, i give the what's the director's name robert eagers uh, yeah He's and he has talks, which hopefully I'm I'm excited about to do Nosferatu, which will be awesome. Mm. Which uh, kind of I feel like trickles into our episode that we'll be doing all about vampire movies, which I'm super excited for. It's the I guess the atmosphere of this movie is like super creepy. Maybe we should get into like the synopsis. I hate that word, but the overview of it as yeah. I smoke this bong hit, and then we'll fucking get right into it. So, uh, time period is 1630 in New England. William and Catherine try to lead a devout Christian life, homesteading on the edge of an impassable wilderness with five children. When their newborn son mysteriously vanishes and their crop fails, the family begin to turn on one another. The witch is a chilling portrait of a family unraveling within their own sins, leaving them prey for an inconceivable evil. Now, so, this was... Uh, not an issue I had, but I feel like that there's a little bit of disconnect between a lot of the plot outline and even sometimes the trailers, some of the teasers I've seen. I, mm-hmm. I still don't think it does the movie justice as to what it actually is. No, and uh, I agree also. Um, but it is a... I feel like it, the trailer definitely doesn't do it justice. I, I would say... This is probably one of the best witch movies that I've seen. There's so many different, we can talk about some of the movies and shit like that. But to me, this was definitely one of the best done 
witch movie talking about witches when you think about that time error you know what i mean yeah yeah um when you like when you look at this movie uh it kind of makes me feel like and i'm probably wrong in saying this but there hasn't really been like a close second Mm -mm. no i don't like and i'm trying to think like what other movie has gave me this atmosphere and tone and like i said i was on a a gram of mushrooms so i'm sitting there and i feel like and it's on a hundred inch screen outside and i'm kind of in my feels about the movie and then i came out of it like me and then me and my fiance sat there i put on a hammer film i um uh night creatures or whatever i didn't i couldn't pay attention to it It was about like pirates and shit and like my girlfriend wasn't (laughs) interested so we were talking uh to each other and then we're talking about our own haunted experiences right we're talking about like know where's energy go while i'm still like we're, and she's had her own ghost experiences and we're talking about like houses that we used to live in that had weird energy so i was in this weird mindset and then i'm also like kind of like i was frightened after the film coming mm. from outside thinking about how i've used the ouija board a lot for people that uh don't know me i have three of them we're gonna do a whole episode about it for a halloween special and i've messed around a lot of that occult stuff and then when I'm sober, my waking mind, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I know I can take these things off of me, essentially, whatever attachments may come from using these type of objects and occultism. And as I left walking outside, I was like, I don't want to mess with that shit anymore. It's fucking freaky. Uh, the ending is, uh, we'll get into it later. I kind of want to build up throughout the film of what you think, but, um, the ending is the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting, artistic way of viewing witches and freaky and i was thinking about i do believe that like you know i believe that some of it right and when it comes uh back then and men pointing fingers and all that stuff at people and saying like i when i the stuff i was reading about witches like even if you were just smarter essentially if you were if you um if you're a woman that kind of had intellect they would start pointing the finger at you for being a witch if you were an old woman that didn't have fucking family they'd point the finger at you but I do believe that people practiced all sorts of weird witchcraft and things and found books that maybe they shouldn't have in a time era that was all about religion. And it freaked me out thinking about that thought of like, do these entities and things that have maybe attached themselves to witches or people using that type of magic uh, still exist to this day. And I think they do. And it's all, it's all fucked as well. How, um, you know, it, it was a time period where it was nearly as simple. I think this kind of ties into uh, when we spoke about um, asylums and, and mental hospitals and stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and that was during the era where you could be like, basically throw your wife into a an asylum. Like, well, yeah, don't her now. She's psychotic. That's it. Like, forget about her. And this was similar in the sense of, um, you know, you could just accuse somebody of being a witch and that was it it was basically like, yeah you're fucked we're gonna burn you at the stake or like stone you it's to death it literally like seems like shit. that that it's just it was so easy to just be like you're that's you you're a witch okay and you could say anything especially as a male figure and someone who is say more prominent in town look at the fact that like people like serial killers like john wayne gacy and shit like work themselves within the town and try to be an upstanding citizen you know what i mean then you have these scumbag dudes that could do it like i'm an i'm a standing guy i help the community and then you have the ability to point out people to literally get murdered because you just necessarily you might not like them 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 back then with these witches, um I, I was listening to a story and I can't I, I should have written down the name, but I can't remember the name of the guy. He became a famous witch hunter at one point and witches were believed to have this thing called a witch's teeth which is like a special oh i heard about that yeah, yeah like a special nipple that they would have to to nurse um imps i think it is not to be mistaken with gimps um, so what is uh an imp is isn't that like a fucking little creature yeah like some kind of little goblin shit, shit um man. and this dude used to he had this weird like a uh, tool that he made like a again oh, like I it heard- just it's it's so random. It's like, oh yeah, the pokey, but, right? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a witch hunter. This is a witch hunting tool that I invented, and this is, and it was like, um, I can't remember exactly. It was basically like a pen, was the idea of it. And you could stick he, you with it, and what would happen? Yeah, he so he would stick you with it, and if you didn't feel the prick of this tool that he had, it was like a hundred percent that you were a witch. So what he actually done was they found out years later, he ended up actually um, being killed himself. Uh, He was sentenced to death for all these different crimes. But it turns out that the entire time he had a retractable pin in it. So he would he would just decide. So nobody ever, anything he ever done it, it, they would never feel it. And the thing is, wasn't I? I think we. I might have like looked at the same thing you were looking at because it talks about how they would just it would just be for money, too. Yeah, they yeah. would just be like whatever, you know. Like, and it's like at the time where people were poor, you're trying to get get rich quick scheme, and everyone was religious. That's why I'm like, a lot of times I'm like, eh, religion. I don't know, might be the issue in a lot of these things that we see in our history of like overzealous people, you could say, but like just they're too far gone. Where some of these religions were, and I have family members that are like super devout Christian. And I respect their beliefs, but it seems like back then some of that shit was the issue of being like, if you go uh, uh, outside of this book, the Bible, and the way that we interpret it in this section of this religion, uh, and if you don't understand that or you look outside of that, we're going to burn you at the stake. Yeah, and I mean, even, I guess even into more modern times, like look at when something like The Exorcist came out. And like the and everyone up, freaked out the yeah. uproar, and it's like, what the fuck? Like that was in the seventies. It's like, what is? Come on, like we've we've got to do better than that. Like, and they thought everyone was possessed, and it like freaked everybody out. We talked about that movie a long time ago on this podcast, Accursed Films, because of the stuff that was happening on the set, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and I, this is what this film felt like too. Is like the, it it felt like it, even in the trailer it says we watched the trailer beforehand for all the audio listeners, and. It says uh, it's you're watching something you shouldn't watch or something like that. And mm-hmm. It's just like it feels like that, that it feels cursed in some way. Yeah. And it's something I didn't know was the director was actually inspired to to write the movie. Um, he had like a, apparently a lifelong from like early childhood, a fascination, which is and uh, he used to be brought on visits to. Uh, I don't have the name of it, a plantation anyway. It's basically uh, a, a, a complex of museums um, to represent uh, English pilgrims that settled in the area that he grew up. Yeah. And like he got a fascination with like witches, witchcraft in that time period. And this has been something that he's wanted to... I think a lot of people are fascinated by this was like his debut feature film. But he was like, no, this was like a lifetime's work. 
what was his debut film? This. This was? Yeah. Oh, fucking he shit. Had made, That's crazy. Yeah, he had made, like, you know, short films and stuff, but this was, like, his, his first feature length, like... I'm always like, how can I do this? Why can't I fucking, like, I, know, yeah. I just wish I was raising a different, um, I don't, it sounds bad, but family or something. I like, you have to respect where you are in life and respect what incarnation in my belief you got and just try to live this experience the best way you can. But it's just like, man, I have such, I had such good ideas. I was 11 year old kid, dude. And I was writing fucking horror movie ideas for slasher films. And I was like taking pictures of this like mask I had with this like pitchfork. And then I would make up an idea beyond, mm-hmm. uh, about that story. And I used to do shit like that. And I wanted, I wanted to be like a director. Like I loved Wes Craven. And the thing is like life just didn't display that opportunity. I was struggling as a teenager. I don't know what the fuck I was doing with life. And it's just like, if I could have taken my outlets and put it towards that, that i could be fucking west craven jr right now right i, I could yeah i could be interviewing you right now about I know. a new movie and you know and, and you're right about that as well um i recently found a a copy book that i must have had in like school and like there's like shit loads of these short stories like i must have been like nine so and it's funny. like all these like horror movie ideas and like and it's like really like cringy like oh mine are super bad i wish i could find them but it's like you're definitely right about that because I feel like I've only like barely got my life on the rails in the last couple of years. And it's like, fuck, if I had had all those years of like a normal life, maybe Me I'd be too. in a completely different position right now. I feel like, dude, I've said to my fans on the podcast, like I was kind of in and out of jail being a stupid kid when I was a teenager, the youth, the youth jail and just going out of like holding cells, being an idiot, like get on probation and drinking. Essentially, I was like it. Um, but like. And it's, I was like, why couldn't I just live a normal life and maybe not put myself through some of this shit and like had, you know, so I could progress because now I see my, I was like, I could, I could do this shit. I was super creative as a kid. And it's just like, I had a cliff and then it just kind of went off. And I was like, mm. you know what? I could have been Stanley Kubrick, man. I could fucking make symbol symbology and fucking films and shit. And I was like, I could figure it out. <laughs> I, to be fair though, I don't think that's went away. Like you can clearly see it. I think if somebody even listens to one episode of your podcast, uh, I think it's quite clear that uh, that that spark is still there. Yeah, which oh, is good oh, for sure. I still have that kid in me where I'm like, man, I'm so I want to believe in. I always said Anton I'm the fantastical, and sometimes he's more like grounded on certain subjects. Where I'm like, no, I just want to. I want to believe in fucking reptilian people, even if they are just killing kids. And I was like, I want that. Like, it's just I don't know. I I think that reality especially doing psychedelics is not as um, solid as we think it is. And being on mushrooms really allows you to see that. And when I was on this mm. film, that's what I was thinking about like these forces, this supernatural force that if you use it in the wrong way can be called upon and maybe possess somebody and what they would think is witchcraft, but there was this them, you know, messing around with stuff. Cause the Ouija board has existed for whatever, how long since the 1800s and people were getting into like the, the fucking talking board but it's probably existed for centuries because I would make it from a piece of paper and a shot glass. And you, mm. and you know what I mean? So just calling upon those things with some sort of means to communicate, like they used to do the knocking, which they don't know if it was faked from the Fox sisters, but this idea that like these witchy things, like the Fox sisters did what they did in what the 1800s back in the 1600s, they would have been dragged away in two seconds and been burnt at the stake for the even faking it. Yeah. In the way yeah. they did. You know what I mean? 
here's a question for you actually before we we dive right into this um yeah, so I, don't want be, to, yeah. I don't want to drag it out too long but yeah. um what's your thoughts on the idea that you know it, it, and i suppose it kind of ties into i've seen some arguments about like how this movie actually plays out you know some people yeah. believe that uh that, you know that there is no witch there's there's a lot of theories about like when you get that's to what conclu- i thought the, the first yeah. time i watched it yeah when yeah. you get to the end like there's a lot of different conclusions i think you can come to um yeah. and which is great because different people can come away from it with a different idea and it, it can be everything but What's your thoughts on the idea of, you know, um, if your belief in something is strong enough that like you nearly manifest it as now, I don't mean as reality for others, yeah. but, um, you know, if, if you wholeheartedly believe in something, do you think that you can essentially manifest that as your reality? Uh, I do think that in this reality, okay, because I have my own crazy beliefs, right, with to do with the reptilians and essentially... If you don't even want to believe in lizard people, you don't fucking have to. Just imagine a dark force in religion times you would classify as Satan, kind of, or Lucifer, and and what they believed in this witchcraft shit, right? Essentially, it's praising these dark entities, these dark energies that exhume fear, right? They take people's bad emotions, and when you're suffering and in pain, they use that Mm -hmm. because it's an energy force. You can feel it when you have those kind of emotions, And uh, so I believe that they're trying to stop us from being as creative as we are. There's an idea when it comes to aliens to talk about very quickly is that if we draw a piece of paper, it's kind of like witchcraft too. If we draw on a piece of paper, we're able to take thoughts and put it on paper and actually draw it out and create something. The reptilians can't do that according or these dark energies, these dark beings from a different reality. They're not able to do that, but they can take that picture and um change it or mutate it to what they want it to be Mm. they can take something that's already created by a creative entity or individual that is like a free thinking um individual and then they can take it and they can alter it so think about our reality right and how the hospital system is upside down religion is upside down everything's inverted david i talks about this where it's all inverted and it's turned bad from good and we don't really notice it and these things are just slowly doing this to exhume our energy. But I do believe in fucking in my long process of telling you this, that you're able to bring stuff into your reality. I do believe in tension. The energy glow goes where the intention flows essentially. And like that, that's what soccer stadiums is like. Everyone's freaking out and the soccer players can feel the energy of the crowd. And that's part of this, that energy is there. And if you don't want to believe in uh, the afterlife, it's evident everywhere, in my opinion, when it comes to energies. Now, if the energies don't die, but I man, that's why you can do it with witches too. It's manifesting. And if you're like, thinking about all this stuff at this time, where they maybe are plagued by some sort of dark force, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just Cause this is still I, about I, witchcraft because the energy of witchcraft. Yeah, because the more the more I kind of looked into that, and it's it's a fascinating idea. And I I don't think it's as far fetched as some people might. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I think a lot of people think, oh, manifest your reality, and I don't mean like some weird like Tony Robbins shit. Talking about like, the biggest secret, man. I watched that shit when I was a kid. Like, could you, the biggest secret is you could just think about something and it'll happen. It's like not always if you have dark energies coming down you. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't well, you know when I when I say that and I ask that question, I don't mean um. You know, if you sit in your bedroom every day jerking off and yeah. <laughs> and wish for a million dollars that 
you know, one day a million dollars is just going to show up in the room. I don't mean that, but I I definitely do think that there is something to, and even, you know, we've had private conversations uh, about different life experiences we've both had, um, which which is not for the show, but (laughs) it's one of those things again, like I, I often had times where I was like, how much of this did I actually actively manifest without, without not, yeah, like not having any self-awareness at the time but i was mm-hmm. like wait did i like manage to manifest like 99 percent of this problem and issue and ongoing thing and yeah and how you're able to push like i think that you uh my fiance's mom always says you fear what uh you bring near what you fear or you fear what you bring near like essentially if you f- are afraid of something and you keep thinking about it and analyzing it you're gonna make it worse and that's why intention yeah. and that's why i magic to me like whatever magic is and the black magic. And I have a fucking thick ass Alistair Crowley book. It has all of his work in there. And I haven't dived into Alistair Crowley more or less. I've researched about him. I've read a couple of things by him, but not really dive too deep. And I want to, we did a whole episode about Alistair Crowley, but that intention of magic and Anton wants me to read white stains. One of his poem poems for the Patreon. Cause he's like, I just want to hear your reaction to some of his poems. Cause they're fucked. I've heard, I've read parts of them like years ago, but that it is just like this idea of this intention of magic, right? Where you just blah, blah, to me, it's intention where you're like, okay, um, I'm going to sit here and I always joke about like coming on a piece of paper with something written on it. So you like, you give it some meaning. So you're like, I want this person to be cursed for a week. And then you like come on the piece of paper and then you light it on fire and you like put this fucking energy out there. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like it is. Like I feel like I've thought about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and uh, <laughs> another, another fascinating and absolutely fascinating character is Alistair Crowley. Um, again, that's a conversation for a completely oh, for different sure. time. But, but I was thinking about that idea of black magic. Yeah, he's he, he's such a again like a polarizing character in another way. And he he had a lot of um, I go I guess belief systems uh, and different things. And I do think that it's not as even I used to think it at one point that it was as cut and dry as like oh yeah okay magic yeah wow Harry Potter which I love it, Harry the, Potter. I'm not but yeah, I start- yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking Harry Potter, but <laughs> I think a lot of people when, when they hear that conversation, they're kind of imagining like, you know, you're making a, a, a feather levitate from the table or something like that. It's yeah. like, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. It's a completely no. different world. That, altogether. That's why yeah, black magic is different than like right hand pa- uh, path versus left hand path and how, okay. People like David Blaine and fucking, mind free chris angel fucking dude i man like i used to love him when i was a kid and as i got mm-hmm. older the older i got the more i realized how uh big of a douchebag chris angel actually really is but he's essentially tricking your mind it's an illusion it's not really magic it's an illusion black magic essentially is like yeah putting your intention in something like you and there's all sorts of ways they've done it. A salt circle, and then you call upon a fucking demon and they're either way people have done this in our history you mm-hmm. know, like in the idea of witches I want to talk about is like, essentially we get it. Like, what do you think first? Essentially when we grew up, the idea of witches was that they were like ugly, grotesque creatures. This film does it a different kind of way, but a little like it's, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, side note, actually that, that, uh, that movie, the witches yeah. from the nineties scared the shit out of me as a kid. I th- 
you know what's weird? I was like, I bet you if I bring this photo, uh, it's essentially for the audio listeners, the iconic uh, one of the witches when they reveal themselves from the movie The Witches. Didn't like the remake that much, uh, just my opinion, but the original did freak me out. And I thought that you would also think the same thing, which is I, funny. I brought I, it just I, and show. I rewatched that again uh, and again quite a bit. Uh, we used to have a thing in Ireland um, every Saturday evening at like 6 p.m. This was like back in the times of like tv guides and stuff where you had to be at yeah, the tv the yeah. and like we had this thing every every saturday evening um there was like the news at 6 p.m and then it's i think it was like 6 30 uh we had this thing called the big big movie and they would pick like you know and i could spin off Cheesy. like yeah I, I i can pick up like i can basically name the films they would have on rotation it would be like the 90s dennis the menace uh home alone yeah uh the witches it was all that like style yeah, yeah. of movie kind of at that time. Um, and I remember watching the witches for the first time and being like, Oh yeah, it's a movie about witches or whatever. I did not expect that transformation scene. No, in that I know. Fucking boardroom. Like that shit is grotesque. <laughs> yeah, I know. And everyone just look up the picture for the audiences. Cause she has like, it's the, to me, one of the most creepy looking, uh, at least for the 90s, let's say, mm-hmm. um, style of what a witch could look like. Because we've all seen, which I would love to talk about. I watched a whole doc about it, but The Wizard of Oz. Because essentially, as we're talking about this movie, we're going to, and, and witchcraft and witches in general, we're going to think about what comes to our mind and our subconsciousness about witches specifically. So, like, it comes from Wizard of Oz. You see that first depiction of her in green makeup on a broom and at least the like um, subconscious of like social, I guess you could say demographics of like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. in our social consciousness. Uh, like movies specifically do this, especially that movie. And it was cursed. But that's like, to me, the first time I think I really saw the depiction of a witch when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, like Halloween looking at costumes. that. Sh- yeah. Like Shudder had a, uh, cursed, I think it was called Cursed Films uh, series, and they yes, like, I actually in. really enjoyed that, and that we, yeah. that's where I was talking about. Yeah, and like I remember watching the episode about that, and and like I kind of forgot how unsettling like a lot of that was, um, oh, and especially with the little people and what was going on, and yeah, it's just with like Judy freaky. Garland. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I suppose to dive back into this movie. Um, do you want to go from the start? Do you want to, is there anything you want to say? Yeah. About, like, and that's what I was thinking this movie? about. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking about, like how we should bring it, um, in from the beginning, essentially. And I have one question to ask you that I've, I was really dying to, what the fuck do you think of the twins? Bizarre, oh, yeah. strange, uh, made me really uncomfortable actually. Yeah, they make they make me uncomfortable watching the film. Like, even and, even looking at that little gif you have for <laughs> for uh, people who can't see us right now and are listening audio only, um, Tom has some gifs of the <laughs> twins like skipping through the. I was gonna say I don't wasteland. It looks like yeah. Um, there, I don't know. There's just something about them, and this is gonna sound awful, but uh, at one point while watching it, I actually paused the movie to Google to see if like they had some kind of like special needs or something. Yeah. And I don't even mean that in like a, like, ha ha funny way, but I was like, there's something like 
off here. I was like, there's no <laughs> way those kids could be that good at acting. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean, because they they literally, to me, crawl under your skin. And I could talk about like I wanted to specifically talk about the twins for a while just because of their characters. I there was a point in the movie watched outside and I was like, and I'm on fucking a grand mushroom. I was like, I, I was like, I hate these fucking annoying kids. I was like, can they just die first? Like, and I was like, and I forgot about the film. Like I watched it like years ago when it first probably came out. I was like, 2016 is a fucking while ago. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I probably watched it around when it came out. And it was one of those movies that stayed with me. I was like, this was creepy. I can't watch it all the time. So I was like, let's watch it outside. I probably won't watch it for another couple of fucking years. And those kids gave me the same feeling I watched it the first time where I was like, man, these fucking, they're annoying as shit. Um, the way even like the, in the trailer when she's like, bah, bah. Yeah. I'm like, can you fucking stop yeah. that, man? Yeah. It's one of those kids for everyone. If like, even if you haven't seen this and for some strange reason, you're listening to it just to hear us talk about witches and stuff like that. It is like a, they, the way he filmed it was specifically made them annoying. It's like one of those kids that like, doesn't stop like poking something he shouldn't mm-hmm. like you know what i mean what oh, give me your thoughts and, more about the twins yeah and i feel like um i guess to kind of open that up a bit um a lot of the characters i found and i don't mean this in a um this is not a, uh, meant in a bad way i think it was intentional like while you're watching the movie and i think it's really reflective of actual like the actual human race to be honest which i know it's set in a different time period but i think that it still boils down to that's uh, as people that's kind of how we would behave uh in said situation but like you know even the you've got the two twins the mother is like fucking yeah, I was going to wait to talk about her, but um, if you want to get into her now, I was just like, those twins just completely annoyed me. And I thought their characters were well done. And the fact that you kind of feel sympathy, then you fucking hate them. Then you kind of feel sympathy. And I want to say also that I didn't realize through fucking like maybe the ending of the film. And I looked, it was like looking up and looking into it and like now messaging you and wanting to talk about it is that. I didn't fucking toot in my mouth. I didn't realize that uh, they were banished. Like I didn't, like I maybe if I didn't pay attention to the beginning of the film, but I didn't realize for a while that they got like sent out of the main civilization. Yeah. So uh, here's something funny. And I was actually going to mention this and I was like, Oh wait, that's going to make me sound like fucking retarded. But, uh, even though I watched this twice, it was only when I was watching, I think, a YouTube breakdown of the movie. Somebody said something about Banished uh, or they left where they were and and that's the whole thing. And she's like, because I, I know at one point, um, what's the main girl's character's name? Thomason. Uh, Thomason. Because I remember Tom, that. I was like, whose yeah. name is kind of like my name? Th- Thomason. And she says something about going back or something like that. And I'm like, what, what the fuck are they talking about? And, and yeah, I was like, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. And that's what makes yeah. it creepy. And I was like, oh, because to me, the, the, the vibe I got was like, oh, just everything in the world is fucked and everybody's yes. just kind of doing their own thing. Do I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and if someone's listening to this, it can correct me, but I definitely missed the part as well where they like explicitly said, oh yeah, yeah. You know, that time we were banished from that town. 
And they no, they say something about well, we can't go back, or where they do. I remember hearing it, and I was like, what? Because the whole time, right? I'm thinking that this is back in essentially this is before essentially what he says. I say essentially a lot. Uh, before the Salem witch trial, it's yeah, it's before the Salem witch trials. It's before this has happened, is what I've read. So as they're like getting into the film. It's beforehand, and then I'm like, hey, well, I just think that they're like, everyone gets a plot of land. And I was talking to Chelsea about this. You buy it from essentially the queen or whoever, Mm -hmm. whoever uh, country you reside in, because they were just fucking, I was like, they were just massacring fucking indigenous people not long beforehand. And it's like, this is mine now, okay? You guys were treating nature too well. We now build structures and we don't associate with nature and probably psychedelics and things like that and living off the land. And they just fucking plot their shit down. But you would buy the land back in the day and it would probably be fairly cheap for some people moving to this new land and how they sold property. They want to get as many settlers as they could get in. I just feel like they would have a plot of land. That's what I thought they were. Like Just like I bought this huge land. Now we're out in the woods and it's only us here because we left everything behind. And I'm scared. Also, uh, before the, the talk goes out of my mind, um, the dad, looking back on it, I'm like, and 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 I I really like his character. I like the guy who plays him. I think it was it, it all worked perfectly, and I think it was probably meant to make you because um, uh, I think a lot of the movie was was made to maybe divide the audience. So you had like, yeah, maybe one feeling or another. I I couldn't help the more I thought about the movie. I was like. I was like, fuck me, he's such a bitch. I was like, he's such like a, you know, he kind of, he, he lets Thompson take the blame for shit. He, uh, you know, the crops are all fucked up, this and that. And he's still kind of like denying what's actually going on. And I'm like, yeah. I guess it's a sign of the times as well. I think um, it kind of shows, like you said earlier, about like men kind of having the power to be like, shut up, bitch. It's... It's yeah. this, and like everybody just had to just accept it, um, which is like really. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's my trailer talk gone for anyone who's wondering what happened there. Uh, Tom just traded me to a picture of of Snape burning Hermione at the stake. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> and he's wearing up. a he's wearing a top hat. <laughs> Okay, I, just, I was just thinking about like women and stuff like that. No, I don't. Fucking sorry to, to uh, surprise <laughs> you with that. <laughs> I know what you're saying though about the dad. His character is like, it's yeah. He's kind of like he's blame like blaming everyone one for everything else. But and then at one point when I'm watching the film, when he they're like, uh, you gave away the or you sold the, and I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about. The Even Chelsea cup? was like, what? The silver cup. So essentially he's poor and he's down on his luck and he can't produce any crops because the land is cursed. Yeah. So it was like, um, it was the wife's family's silver cup or something that she had. And he had taken it and he had traded it for something. Yeah. It just seems like there was a lot of, like that was hard to carry. Um, I do like this film a lot, but that whole like, well, so he's in the way they spoke, obviously, is like old English and they are like accusing each other of stuff. The mom also is it's weird that they have characters that the mom starts to fucking annoy me, too, at one point where I'm like, and I want to start getting into some of the crazier shit. But let's like so and then 
So the mom was also fucking weird in the way her characters, because also like the twins, there's something about her that I was like, ah, oh, like it, you feel for her, but then don't. The way he did this movie in the motions that it, it, it like plucks at, so to speak. Yeah. Is weird. I, I, I was, as I was watching it, I was like trying to put myself in a position of a dad. And I was like, you know what I'd do in this position? I would take that ax and I would kill both those kids. I would yeah. kill the wife. I was like, those are just really, really annoying. So I would kill them immediately. Kids and their wife. And then, um, so you're left with Thomason. And uh, Caleb. Oh, yeah. Because that story's fucked too. That, so, uh, oh my God. <laughs> like there, there's another, and like it was one of those things where I was like, Looking at it, there's a part where she's uh, washing her again. Like, just there's so many like little bizarre things, and I know it's it's a sign of the times, yeah. um, where the uh, towards the start of the movie, the dad trips and falls into like fucking cow Poo-poo. shit or fucking. And the twins something. are just fucking laughing at him. Yeah, and then they like say it to, <laughs> say it to him <laughs> about um. The the mother says like Thomason, get your dad's clothes off or whatever whatever way she fucking oh, says. Oh, there's it. like Thou a I sprinkled sprinkle the pedophilia in there. Yeah, I, I, but like she he's standing there with it, with his arms <laughs> up like this while she's undressing him, and I'm like, what is going on? Chelsea like, said that same thing actually. It's like five she's minutes like, later, she's she's at the the creek and she's like washing the shirt, and then Caleb comes and he's like trying to look at her tits and stuff. And you're like, what is going on? Okay, think about this, right? Because you can analyze this film in so many different ways and the emotions that it brings because you're thinking about uh, how we existed. I Even watching, I said after, like me and Chelsea watched it, I dosed and stuff. I'm like, it's it's a wonder how we survived all this shit as humans. Like the Black Plague, um, the stuff of like, just, you're not even washing your hands. So the doctors are killing more women and children than they think because essentially back in the day, they didn't wash their hands. And when they would, they would go from cutting open a corpse to delivering a baby and then it started that all the babies would die and then women would die. Like what's happening? And then they fucking realized to wash their hands. But like, how do we exist as these beings? Right. That like, and then you think back then we're like, you didn't have any of those learning lessons that we do nowadays where you like, if you grew up and you only have this specific woman to look at, like, you know what I mean? That it's, it's, you're going to have to have feelings. And that's where like the, some of that shit with incest comes from in certain cultures because they don't have anyone else outside of their circle like especially like think about african tribes and stuff like that where maybe it's just like they don't have touch with communicate uh with humanity you know what i mean yeah like am i going down the right road with this like you know what i mean yeah 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 no and uh as i watched it i was like i I don't blame the kid like i can (laughs) i can you know i can remember being like what age would you say caleb is in this to me it's like uh, 12 13 yeah, maybe like 12 14 or 13. so I, I, I you know i can remember being that that age in like modern times and being like yeah hormone like fucking <laughs> it was just like what yeah like Jeez. a walking yeah like a walking hormone where like you know you would fucking anything would as gordo says literally anything would make the white stuff come out <laughs> i don't like every time he says that i'm like the white stuff come out i was like you have to say it like that <laughs> i know yeah he does that on purpose as well i think because so many people find it so grim <laughs> but if you know i'm thinking if if i felt like that who else you know, do you have it, around it, yeah if i felt like that in 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 modern times now go back to 1630 and be like yeah i'd probably be fucking my mother and everything yeah whatever. because you don't have like anything else to associate it with 
right? Mm. Essentially. And that's where they get some of these like weird eighties movies from that they used to film. And like these, this weird thing of like eyes are culture because you have ideas of the queen doing this, right. To keep money with inside the family, but this existed. So back then I couldn't imagine some of the settlers were probably fucking each other's because they're all family. Everyone's uh, even us technically are all cousins. It's like thousands of years, maybe in difference, but you know what I mean? That we all came from Africa from essentially one or, you know, a handful of beings that were maybe genetically modified by aliens. But, and then it's just like, you don't know anything else to do. You have these emotions and primal instincts. And that's what this time error shows of people being scared of stuff they don't understand. So does that technically mean then that we all fuck our own cousins? Um, most likely. That you know that, um, what's the, not Harry, um, William. His mm-hmm. wife is his 38th cousin, according to the research I've done. Because they keep it with inside so, some sort of family, right? And you think about this time era of people just settling down. Essentially, like, there's that Joe Rogan joke where they're like, you know, they show up at whatever, like, Arkansas. I don't always pick on Arkansas, but, like, <laughs> essentially some sort of fucking place like that. Like, or South Carolina is like, this is good. And then they, like, just set down their shit and be like, we'll build a life here together. And it's just like, I don't want to walk no more. And that's how it was Would you just... Even where these people come from, right? Whatever town settlement, it was just like, here seems good. Like they didn't probably know as much as they thought about the surrounding. There's like, we have trees. That's all we need. Yeah. You know yeah, it's true. That's, that's actually kind of fucked up when you, when you dig underneath that. Um, <clears throat> For sure. Okay. So, so, uh, I can't even the remember baby where disappearing? we, yeah, where we were last at in the, in this, um, yeah, so the young the young kid, uh, is it Sam? Maybe. Sam no. Sam Wise Ganji. Is, is that is that <laughs> am I right in so. saying that? I think something like that. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that shit's the, disturbing the, too. Yeah. So the kid goes missing, right? And again, there's another there's another part here that maybe I'm wrong. Um, I feel like was not really portrayed that well. They didn't really explain that that was the case. So, in like that olden witch lore, when <clears throat> when witches would come and try to like kidnap babies, essentially they would always look for a male baby, and yeah. they were looking for like the baby fat. You know when you see it like a a, a newborn or a young yeah. baby, and he looks like a little fucking chubby, like a little sumo wrestler, <laughs> and they would. Uh, and it, it, it had to be, it, <laughs> it had to be male and, um, they would basically kidnap these kids, bring them back to their lair or cave or wherever. Uh, but also they had to be on, uh, they couldn't be baptized yet and they would take the fat from the child. They would kill the child, take the fat from the child, mix it in a pot with hemlock, nightshade and Wolfsbane and something else. I've heard that before too. To make an ointment, right? Now this to is to keep themselves I, young. Is that what the fucking chick's doing? No, right. Wait, wait, I, and oh I had God. no idea about this. So, uh, this whole idea, <laughs> <laughs> this whole idea of you know, I think we look at things like hocus pocus, and you're like, oh yeah, 
which is get on their brooms and fly, or they get on a vacuum and fly. I smell children. So, I've heard, yeah. I don't know why. Everything's fucking weird. Once you start doing psychedelics, you're like, that's weird, man. And then Marilyn Manson made his album after it. So apparently, um, witches couldn't just fly. They couldn't just pick up a broom and fly. So they needed the baby fat to mix with all those other ingredients to make what was known as a flying ointment. And they would rub oh, that and they all would over rub themselves. it on the fucking broom. And then, yeah, and then rub it on, exactly, rub it on the broom. And then it would cause and, their vaginas to freak out. And that would help that them sounds like it hurts. fly. And apparently, uh, Robert Eagers or Eggers or whatever way you pronounce his name, uh, that was supposed to be like the the vague reasoning for the kid being kidnapped. That's crazy. He took it back to that. Cause I heard about that also of like, it's not really on a broom. It's like waxed up. And you think about this, right? You're taking, you're killing something super innocent. You're doing something that's against all, um, nature. I don't know how to describe that. You know what I mean? When people kill children and that thing happens within our society in ancient cultures where it's like firstborn son, fuck you. And they toss him off a fucking cliff or you battle. And it's like both people will still die, but it's just like, it's just to see what happens. And like we're going to make you guys battle and then we're sacrifice you both to the gods. That whole thing has existed for fucking centuries. So then the idea that you're doing something horrendous and then putting it towards some sort of demonic force. And if reality isn't as real as we think it is, they could just start um, levitating. And some sort of force or dark energy allows them to levitate. And the idea when the baby goes missing genuinely creeps me out where you're like, in the scene and how they do it and that fucking, she's playing peekaboo. For some reason, she's super close to the woods. And then she like looks up and it's like gone. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not done in like a, a, a Blair Witch-esque way. It's done in, I can't even like... Uh, and it's crazy considering this was his debut movie. Um, it really trailblazes the way. It's like he created his own style. Um, he did. It's so different. Yeah, I can't liken it to anything else. Like to even me, that scene the you're talking slight about. style, slightly, I want to say, just a bit, reminds me of movies like Midsommar and yeah, yeah. Hereditary, where it's like one of those movies that is a cinematic experience that you want to sit through once or twice and it's unnerving and you don't want to, it can't repeatedly watch it, but how you, the way you watch it and when you watch it, it changes you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely put that in the category with them. Um, And from there, then I, I guess that's the catalyst that kind of sends the entire movie into like this big downward spiral where, it gets so bad for everybody. I'm like, holy fuck. It's just like, like the, the baby goes missing and then, yeah. Like this. And I guess essentially for, for a while, everybody's kind of blaming each other and we don't really know who's at fault or what's actually going on. Is there a witch? Is there not a witch? Is there something else? Um, are they just fucking crazy? Is there another reason that they're, are out there on their own and they're not with the colony. That's what I was thinking the whole experience. And I remember this the first time I watched it for the first, most of the movie. Um, I think until you see, uh, the witch subdue, uh, Caleb, I felt that I thought that they were just crazy and the way that the atmosphere mm-hmm. builds up until you see, 
what we'll get into is like um what was the goat's name again? I fucking had I was like I Black Philip. Black Philip. When he starts appearing more and <laughs> you have everyone like pointing fingers at each other. And it does start with like the twins and and well, especially the female twin. And I was gonna say, just back to the, the, whoever these actresses and actors are, the two the two of them, it was so well done where you're like, How are you this? childlike and annoying and the their outfits that they were in made them look like little like fairy people in my opinion yeah, some mushrooms, but it was weird the way it was done how like in their their outfits it was chosen you know i i, I you know said what this I mean? to somebody else um i was like well, every time i look at them i'm like is that a really old young person or I a know. really young old person i was like it's like unsettling also on another side note would uh would you let that um, witch in the woods? Because uh, he sucks you? him off, essentially. To me, he yeah. like oh. she subdues him. And I, that's what I was going to talk to about when we were talking about early about the witches and this whole incarnation. That's what I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit of like witches being like grotesque and ugly. Kind of gets put into our our uh, social subconscious, right? Where sometimes, but there's been recent movies and recent things where they like make witches like fucking sexy essentially it's like there's Dude, older uh, films were scarier and then they slowly progressed to making them like sexier and sexier uh caleb you know when he yeah when he meets that chick for anyone who's looking at the video version uh she's on screen right now um caleb when he sees her obviously you know he's, been he's never seen anyone else yeah. yeah he's been looking at his own sister's like non-existent cleavage for his entire life yeah and now he sees this like big fat titted fucking like good looking lady yeah so like he he's like i'm in the middle of a haunted woods who cares this is the lottery um and i can't know what's going on either i feel like yeah his brother went missing he's looking for his brother i am you know i don't i don't blame him i had a crush for a long time on fucking what's her name from hocus pocus uh are you fucking? Are you talking uh, about uh, Sarah Michelle Geller? Yeah, whichever is the blonde one. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about that. Oh my god! Last night I was like, you know, in the first one I find her semi attractive, in the new one, in the new trailer, bro, they all look fucked. Even my girlfriend was Scary. like, yeah. They look rough, every single one of them. And there's a necro line. I'm wearing all this fucking stupid merch anyway. Where he says, uh, "When men get old, they blossom. When women get old, they start rotting." And it's a he's the most vulgar rapper for people that don't know. It's like the most brutal rapper on earth. Where there is men can do this too, but there is some women that just don't age well. And it's just like I don't what know what it, it is. Their adrenochrome ran out. Uh, what was it? Somebody told me before. Men age like wine. Women age like milk. Curdle, <laughs> and i was going to talk about this idea right of the beautiful sexy witch we've done this in our pop culture now right like women dress up like it i'm sure at bar crawl but that's why it's always and even chelsea pointed this out my fiance she was like why is it always naked old women why is that like it's an unnerving yeah. thing um the movie uh which I, I was thinking about we could talk about one day is the visit i think that's a movie yeah. That movie's oh, fucked because li- it's it makes old people scary, dude. I and love that movie so that that genuinely scared the shit out of me. Me too. I was like, why? why it's naked old ladies, uh, literally unnerve my fiance. Me, I'm like, it creeps me out. But it's like, why is it always? Yeah, and straight away I had that vision of that scene in The Shining. 
oh yeah, where she's in the bathtub and you think she's an attractive woman. And as a kid watching that film, you're like, oh my God, tits, hot chick. And then it gets disturbing where you're like, one of those movies where you have to like pause and be like, okay, I can't let this go any further or I'm not going to produce any (laughs) sticky white stuff. You know what I mean? Or my mind's going to be shifted and I'm going to grow up uh, fucking chicks with the zombie masks on. You know what I mean? Or fifty-year-old meth head. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is my kink now because it fucking fetishes form when you're a fucking kid. Like of things like people. I suppose I've said this before. People that uh, you know enjoy furries as an off tangent, <laughs> they had some sort of sexual thing with their stuffed animal as a kid. I was like, I see it all fucking comes back. <laughs> this oh. is such an off thing for this, but. Strange. Yeah, so all these things kind of stick with you, and if you fucking think about witches, but this I, this idea, right, and they made them fucking sexy, um, but there's the naked woman, and it's specifically in the scene, so if you want to bring it to when they're kind of locking, at, there's now it's starting to get crazy, like because like, we talked about Caleb, and what happens to Caleb? He fucking disappears as they go out into the forest, right? So he, yeah, he, he comes across this, witch uh, again, like I seen people online talking about, you know, oh, after everything that's gone on, how did he like, how did he fall for that? And somebody was like, oh, she must've like put a spell on him or whatever. That's what I'm it like, seemed like. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but even if she didn't like, she's like, again, he's, yes. he's looking at his sister's tits and now he has this big titted sexy witch. Like what, what 12 year old boys and be like, oh no, 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 I'm good. And she's like beckoning him over. I know. And this, to me, the scene of when he walks up and then sees her makeshift wooden creepy cabin, which I wish I had a picture of for the YouTube, uh, but look at it. It's, it's strange, right? And then you see her open the door and come out and you don't know what to expect. And it's like, what you would think a witch would do, like witch is supposed to be in this lore, at least, and some of it is stay young. And that scene of just like he's walking through the woods, there's nothing around. It's just like it's creepy. And I thought about this while I was watching it outside of the fact that there are settlements around these areas and you don't know who the fuck is in the woods that you live beside because everything is fairly new. There could be indigenous people. There could be weirdos who fucking knows who's within these woods that every different settlement and religion um, and people like that people that are religious. Like, you know what I mean? Like all these different things that you don't know who the fuck is in these woods. And then he stumbles upon the house and that gave me chills. Also, uh, on a side note about that scene, um, the, uh, I'm not sure of his name. The, the actor that plays Caleb, uh, was like super nervous filming that scene. Really? That was his first ever kiss. Oh shit. So it's like, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty good claim to fame. Yeah. Like, I don't know, uh, he's probably quite a reserved kid, like, so he probably hasn't done any shit, like, crazy shit, like, us commoners would do yeah. at that age. So, like, for him, I guess, going back to his private school, it's probably a good, like, oh, yeah, you know, I kissed that, like, big, fat-titted, sexy... Fucking chick from the witch. And yeah. that's pretty funny that I didn't know that he was his, it was his first kiss ever, and then he had to do it on a film. Yeah, with a grown woman. Well, and it's just, like, the movie calls for it, because at that time and i've I've discussed about uh, that before right is like we only live to a certain age some people will die in their 40s or 50s 
So mm-hmm. there was people like getting married, like 30 year old men to like 16 year old brides still happens in the world. But like back then they didn't really know any better. And it was who was the most fertile. And that this movie kind of reeks of that, like time error. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Caleb gets taken or whatever by yeah. this witch. And then, and then that night, uh, I think there's a storm and Thomason finds him outside of their house oh, or, shit's hut or whatever. Yeah. yeah th- this for me, like the whole thing was just like fucked up from this point. I was like, okay, this is taking like a real turn now all of a sudden. Um, so I think after that, we, we cut forward to, I think it's the next day. And when that's sick. when, that's when, yeah, the kids are like, uh, dancing around with black oh, Philip and they're like singing songs and just being like annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, then Thomason, I think, goes to milk the goat and like blood comes out of it. And she's freaking out because they're also right. She threatens, as we kind of said earlier, her like her younger sister. And she like and tells her that she's like a witch. She's like, I be the witch of the woods. And she does this whole spiel um, to scare the shit out of her, her sister because they're just annoying pests, essentially. And they're out there all by themselves. And you have these annoying dancing fucking children in large outfits that make him look fucking bizarre. And you know what I mean? And then she's like, she freaks her out. So they're ever, it's a, now they're starting to think it's witchcraft. There's superstition setting in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at this point then she, she attempts to, to milk the nanny goat. She only gets blood. Then Caleb wakes up and vomits up an entire apple. With a bite taken out of it. How did you um, feel about that scene? So that that whole scene, and I have to, um, uh, let me get that little guy's name. I need to find his name because he, uh, yeah, because he was fucking fantastic. Um. Oh, that whole scene, like that's good acting because you see yeah, him go through like, like pain and screaming, and then as he's like literally in ecstasy it seems like where he's like like oh take me and all with all that shenanigans he's fucking yelling but it yeah it's like uh freaky man like he he goes through and and how he's able to do that uh the the actor's name is harvey scrimshaw um weird name scrimshaw um how how he was able to do that, I have no idea. He the the range of emotions that he goes through there, and you're right, it like it goes from like being like you feel sorry for him to like going, oh wait, shit, is he like possessed? Is is he the devil? Is he is he somehow a witch or a warlock? Yeah. Then it goes from that to like it looks like he's having an orgasm, and you're no, like, it what is. The yeah. fuck is going on? That especially outside that th- uh, scene made me like visibly uncomfortable. Where I was like, oh, I don't like this. This is weird. And he goes through all these fucked up emotions as he's like going through. And to me, that's this is the part of the film where I'm like, is there not a witch? And he's going through a fever and there's a sickness coming through, like the whole uh, theory of ergot poisoning from the wheat being bad. And is he like hallucinating and dying from some sort of thing that they've ingested or taken um, in these woods? You know what I mean? At that point in the film, I was like, like, is it actually something she sees a witch, 
But like, is it in his mind? Maybe like, and that's until the ending where I'm like, it solidifies it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, and I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of pissed off that I didn't actually pull a little bit of that audio from that scene because it's like I don't think we could sit here for two hours and just talk about that scene. I don't think we'd do it justice. Yeah. It's genuinely like terrifying and not in like a weird like paranormal activity jump scare kind of like ooh spooky witch doctor. It's like unbelievable. Like I was genuinely like uncomfortable what the fuck? I was like, what is going on? It, one of the best, uh, I don't know if you could call it a possession scene that I think I've ever seen. I mean, I would say so. I'm sure people would think of things, you know, like the last exorcism and, uh, the exorcist and all these different movies, but I'm going to go on record and say that this could potentially be the best, performance i agree in one of those scenes of all time i think that he does fairly like i actually uh think that is one of the best too because it it does make you um uncomfortable i think that was the purpose of it where you he goes through such an range of motions so quickly that you're like and and there's some part of the film when you're watching it that you're like oh like he's gonna survive this it's just like a sickness you know what i mean and then he just dies after he's like in ecstasy it seems like like take me and to me it's not like i'm like trying to decipher if it's jesus or like religion the lord that he's connected to and then you to me you kind of realize that it's probably her and then possessing him to essentially drain his energy and maybe kill him yeah um so from this point then he uh I suppose what he he proclaims his love for Christ, kind and just of it's dies. weird, yeah, and it just dies. Yeah, it's like um, he, yeah, the Jesus. It's I feel like that's why I'm saying it's, it. Seems like he was calling upon some religious deity. Um, <clears throat> so from there, then the the dad starts to believe that Thomason is a witch. Uh, he tells her that she'll be put on trial when they return to town, which. Seems like a weird remark because it's like, well, I don't think you have any intention of returning to that colony. And it to me, so, it seemed like, is it his fault that they're there? My whole idea yeah, was like, is the, why yeah. is the witch after him to me? And I and it, it's other folklore that brings me to this conclusion and movies like The Bell Witch, where it's like, was it something? Well, the movie and the whole experience that The Bell Witch was in our history. Was it something he did to bring upon yeah. this curse? Yeah. Maybe Chelsea's um, like maybe he fucked her. That's what uh, Chelsea said. That maybe he she maybe he fucked the witch. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I um, I would agree with that. There's definitely something I think underlying there with him, and that's why, like I said earlier about like he's such like he seems like such a bitch of yeah. like his his personality, and he seems like really shitty and kind of sneaky. I can't um, do anything. He yeah. Uh, <laughs> He so then Thomason points out like all the shit that he's done wrong. Um, she starts to accuse the twins of like retaliating because of the trick she played on them. Um, you know, she says that Black Philip is is essentially the devil, yes. Um, 
So then the dad's like really pissed off, can't figure out who the culprit is, even though personally I think the entire thing is his fault. So he decides yes. to, as as any man <laughs> would do with his kids, is lock them all in the shed. With the goat that they think is the devil. Yeah, until further notice. Sort of then there's like some, fucked. yeah, there's like they, they have some dialogue while they're in the shed. Thomason asked the twins, you know, do they really talk to Black Philip? They don't answer. Um, and she overhears William, I think is the dad's name. Um, she overhears him, I guess, confessing to God or whoever. Yeah. About like, you know, yeah. it's his own fault. He, he was so stubborn. He, that's what got them out of the village. It wasn't anything to do with like his being devoted to his religion. Do you remember what the mom is going through in this scene also? That scene, okay, for everybody, if you, like, you know, people are tuning in and that can not see some of the imagery that we're showing, is that scene where she she is essentially hallucinating um, because of some sort of witchcraft. That's why part of me was like, is it the sickness from, like, Urgot? Uh, poisoning or some sort of thing that they ate where she thinks she she's in so much guilt and so much turmoil she turns and sees caleb with the baby sam and talking to her and then what Mm. do you remember what she does next um that that whole thing right and i had seen people talking about i mentioned earlier about the witch's teeth thing yeah um I don't. I don't know. Some people are like, "Oh, that that's what it is." Uh, other people say that it, no, it's just the ravens like tearing her tit off or whatever, like pecking her tit. Um, that that again, and I don't, and it shouldn't probably because it's not actually like that grotesque or anything. But that whole like two three minutes of that scene like really fucking made me uncomfortable. Me too. Where like you start to okay at first because I haven't seen this in a while. Which I'm like weird, like in Chelsea's even like because I watched it with my fiance is like she's like what like she's hallucinating like she's not seeing this stuff, and then I forgot about that scene. It's funny where it just it kind of like just turns to her and she's wanting to essentially take the baby and nourish it by using her tit, and then it cuts to the scene where you see what's really going on is she's holding nothing and a fucking crow, uh, or some sort of raven is fucking pecking and ripping apart her nipple and then 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 that can like it's such a disturbing scene and then when it comes to the next day where she's just like laying on her side like she took too many fucking psychedelics or some sort of bad drug and is just like whoa like what happened last night like you that scene of her just like laying there afterwards i'm like because part of me during that scene was like she's gonna die this is where she dies you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and just the expressions on her face. Well, she's laughing. Well. Like, Ugh, like yeah, it. she's like laugh. Because I was looking at it, I was like, is that like a laugh? Is it a cry? I was like, that shit's going to like haunt me. I'm going to have nightmares about that. Yes. That That's one of those things that like, uh, just the flash of that image of her yeah. sticks in my mind where I'm like, that is such a fucked up visual. To me, it's the same way... Um, that hereditary when the chick's head gets lopped yep. off while they're driving, yep. that same sort of feeling where it's just a cut scene, and then you're like, "Holy fuck!" Like, and and then it take it like and it shows something super graphic and disturbing, and then cuts to something else after. 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially like yeah. hereditary did it more like a little different, but this and how it doesn't show what happens later. It just shows her on her side, woke up like, oh shit, what did I do last night? Yeah. Um, so from, <laughs> from, from this point, um, uh, let me see. Where do you want to talk about the so shed scene or the, like it locked in the fucking weird shed thing? Yeah. So where, uh, let me see. Um, so we've talked about the raven pecking her tits, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> so then right after there, what happens? Uh, don't they get, they're locked in the shed and the twins are like, you know, they're just chilling. And then all of a sudden, or weren't they like laying there and they're talking and be like, do you be a witch? And they're like, no. And then she, they're like, I'm not a witch either. Like she, like Thomason tells them like, Hey, like, um, are you into like, like, are you? part of this are you actually the witches because everyone's pointing things at each other nobody knows who's doing what the fact that the younger fucking twin the the female she she says that she sees the witch outside of the woods earlier like that she talks to her yeah, yeah so then yeah. thomason is like the it, it, it come the movie very much comes from her point of view of more or less being the more sane person that's kind of outcasted and you know, she's essentially, if the mom dies, she has to be the female figure in the family. Like if there's disease, all the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting actually about you saying that, you know, about essentially the entire thing has been shown from her point of view, the original, um, the original structure when he first wrote the movie was broken into five acts and each act was going to be told from the perspective of a different family member. That would have been interesting. Um, There's that movie that came out, The Night Something, The Green... I mean, uh, it's told from all these different perspectives. It's this movie in medieval times with... um, Who plays fucking that guy from Star Wars with the fucking red lightsaber, the new one? Uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, Mm -hmm. What what the fuck's his name? Um, I'll actually like him a lot. Uh, Adam Driver. So, do you know what film I'm talking about? It's like Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck are in it. And he's kind of an asshole in the film, but it shows it through all these di- three different people's perspectives of how this chick got essentially fucking raped. And it's it was a strange film, and everyone praises it. The ending was the best part, and it's like the, la- the last duel, uh, last duel. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching at least once. You'll see why I'm saying that. It's like you can't always tell it from three different perspectives, and I'm glad of what he did. Because I don't know if it would have been too much for the film to tell it from all these different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Because I you think get that's what one the studio version. said to him as well. Yeah, you get one version essentially of how she's seeing what's happening, and you more or less she. Because I said to uh, Chelsea, um, I listened to that book, The Law of One, uh, and I listened to a lot of David um, Wilcox books and read them, and he talks about how there's always in movies there's the arc, right? where it's just like there has to be a climax. There has to be essentially like you build up a character, which the audience resonates with. The hero's journey is what this is called. And it's within all cinema, essentially, that if you understand Mm -hmm. it, that it's within every single movie. This one fucking strays away from that a little bit where you're like, everyone's going to die. This is like going down this direction and like it's just going like horribly bad where I'm like, there is no hero's journey until you kind of realize the end where you're like, maybe the witches are the good guys. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. The way yeah. they the story arc of this film is strange. Um so from that point then the the dad William wakes up, he finds the goat house destroyed. All the goats are all the like goat fucked house, up. I guess that's what it is. Um, the the twins are missing and then Thomason is like unconscious. I think she's like covered in blood. Yeah. Um she wakes up and I think they have a small bit of dialogue and then Black Phillip comes out of nowhere and gores the dad. Yeah. It is that scene is also crazy. Where like the dad's talking to her and like like you know, like where is everybody? The twins disappear. And then she's like, I can't explain it kind of thing. She's like, she can't, when she says the line, she came from the sky. That's where I was like, that gave mm. me chills. Like that idea that like a witch comes in out of nowhere in those times, especially with the idea that they truly believed in a demonic force, which I think does exist to some extent, but like it's this idea. And then black Philip essentially retaliates in some weird way of this, all this negative energy and fucking gives the dad some sort of karma, you could say, and fucking pins him. And it's just like, a, it's a disturbing, it's super disturbing. It's a bad scene. Like that scene, like bad in the way of the way it makes you feel. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, um, the the mother, what's her name? Catherine, is it? Catherine, something like that. I think so, because he's covered she, in um, rubble. <laughs> yeah, she, she, uh, appears from nowhere and basically accuses Thomason of causing the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, says that she seduced the dad and Caleb and that's what she was always doing and goes to attack her. You're the witch. Yeah. It's all you. And she freaks out. It's a, every scene in this movie I think is very well done in the emotion yeah. that it invokes. And Thomason proceeds to kill her with, uh, a, um, what do they call a it? Sickle? Is it like a sickle? Is that? Yeah, it's like a sickle or a, a bill hook. Something like that. Um, yeah, so she kills her in, in self-defense, I suppose. That's what I thought. We, me and, like, when me and my girlfriend were watching, we were like, okay, hey, so she has something in her hand. She already hit you once, okay? And you're so focused on choking Thomas into death, her own child, that you don't realize that she can just hit you again. And she gets to the point where she's choking her, that Thomason essentially has no other reaction, mm-hmm. but to retaliate because you're going to die. You have that fight or flight instinct from your reptilian core, of your brain. And then you just fucking hit. And that scene's fucked too, because that's at the moment where you realize the twins are gone. Her dad's dead. And you just killed your own mother. It's so like it's when you hear someone talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really I just feel like you can't do it 100% justice. justice. You really yeah. need to see it to actually like because I think everyone will have their own maybe little version of how they interpret everything. I don't think everybody will see the movie exactly the same way. There's going to be something at some point that you might feel that well, somebody no, else I actually feel like. Yeah. Perspective um, is everything, man. And I'm going to read this bit. I, I copy and pasted this exactly from the the plot breakdown because uh, I feel like it, it tells the last little bit really well. Uh, and again, just adds to like how like bizarre and out there this whole thing is. So uh, now alone, Thomason hears chiming and enters the stable where she urges Black Philip to speak to her. 
the goat responds in a human voice, asking if she would like to live deliciously in a life of luxury, and then materializes into a tall, black-clad man. He tells Thomason to remove her clothes and sign her name in a book that appears before her. Thomason then follows Black Philip into the forest nude, where she joins a coven holding a witch's sabbath around a bonfire. The witches begin to levitate and Thomason joins them, laughing maniacally and ascending above the trees with her newfound sense of belonging. Which again, that there for some reason, and I don't know why because it's not really, that made me like, that gave me chills. That whole scene, um, uh, we're showing a clip of when everyone starts lifting in the air. Now that whole scene, me, even my girlfriend was like, I don't want to know what the fuck she's, she, Chelsea's like, there's something behind her because it doesn't show anything. Okay. It doesn't show you what the goat turns into. It doesn't really, it just shows shadows and kind of footsteps and you just kind of see legs, which more or less to me seem like goat hood legs, like the iconic Baphomet, um, Mm -hmm. devil, right? That whole, the, the whole imagination sparks. And like, I love films and my grandfather was very into horror, but hated the slasher films. Okay. But he liked those old films. He's like, he's like, tell me to watch, you know, the original house on the Honda Hill. And he liked Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein where it kind of left your mind to the imagination. Yes. So with certain older films, psycho kind of does it, but it's these films that like kind of allow you to think in these psychological thrillers is how they were done. It leaves everything up to the imagination. And when we had the speaker behind us, okay, I hook it up to the projector to a big speaker that I have. And then he's like, and you hear the goat start whispering and talking to her. Like, would you like to live outside of this? And in talking to her, it creeped the shit out of me. It left me, I'm saying this movie left me in so many ideas in the thoughts that I had. I was going to say, I looked up this chick after. Do you find uh, Thomason, the actor, Anna Taylor, some fucking shit? Um, she's, I think she's fairly attractive. When I looked her up. I was like, oh, wow. She's like a, an attractive chick, and she does a lot of other movies that I didn't know that she was in. And I'm like, oh, she's in this and that. And I was like, weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, she is. Anna she's Taylor Anna. something? What's her name? Uh, Anna, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah. She, and she's in other stuff where I'm like, oh, and she, and that's why if you see and you look up her IBMD, is that how you say it? Fuck whether she is. You see that she, it's, she might be associated with a Nosferatu film. Ooh. So, and that scene to like, as we're talking about, that's the scene where it changes the entire experience of the film. Where like, and then obviously I'm feeling weird things. I find her attractive. And then she's like, she gets naked. And you can kind of just see the glimmer of her ass. And you're like, and that idea of like this chick is for men, uh, you know, females, you don't really may understand if you don't feel these things, but like this idea of a woman just being naked, walking into the woods where it's like, you're open and more free. Like I've always joked that if I was really as comfortable, if I was more fit, maybe I would be a nudist. I'd go to a nudist colony. It wouldn't bother me that much, especially because I do psychedelic and stuff where I'm like, you know, if everyone was just cool with each other and then it's just the human body. So that experience of her just walking into and that feeling right of exposing yourself to the, all the elements. And that's what I like witchcraft at its core is essentially like becoming one with nature in some dark capacity, because that's what the, the whole folklore around witches um, is. And back when I actually finished high school, went back to school to finish because I was working in other things. 
I talked to this girl and she was older than me trying to finish up school in her thirties. And she is a Wiccan and a new age witch. And she said that she goes to the parties in Ottawa parties, so to speak, but the, the Sabbath is the Sabbath, black Sabbath war. Literally they dance around the forest, uh, naked, um, a bunch of people that believe in this stuff and it, they still use it to this day. I mean, I would do it. I'd probably sign that fucking book if Thomason was on the other side of that. And that's, and I've said this before to Chelsea, right? So my idea of how that exists, right, is to me, celebrities do this. I believe you can sell your soul. So, and this is what these witches are doing is they're coming into the woods, right? And, and they're doing these all sorts of witchcraft to gain them something in this physical existence, right? I believe this shit about like why Beyonce is associated with the Illuminati and these celebrities that sell their soul for fame and fortune. Here, you get all of that, right? But in the next reality, you'll have to experience something horrible to essentially cleanse your karma. That's how I see it. Do you know what I mean? Does that sound... That's a, that's a scary thought for all those people. I know because you're here to you physically sell your soul to because everyone says like this person sold their soul to the devil. That idea of that. um, What's his name? Robert Johnson that played that riff and got the devil to possess him to become this amazing guitar player. And at the crossroads and that idea that essentially here in this physical world, you sell yourself. That's why I believe witchcraft could be to this demonic power. If you sign your soul to the devil or sign your thing in the book. And uh, even at the ending of watching it, Chelsea was like, we're talking about ghosts. She was like looking at me all strange. She's like, uh, he's, you're going to have to sign the book tonight. Cause I was like, she knew I was visibly freaked out more than her. And she's like, I didn't find it that freaky. I was like, well, eat a gram and then tell me what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would have been able for that, to be honest. Um, if I had the reaction I did while sober, I can't imagine what it would have been like. Um, well, in this Otherwise. end of the film, right? Like, I want to hear more of your thoughts about, like, because the end of the film is, to me, the best part, where you're starting to realize, like, hey, who's these? And then makes you think, though. It leaves you thinking. Who are these other women uh, that come into the shot? And then you see Black Phillip standing there, and essentially he's supposed to represent the devil, and they all, like, and then she is naked, and everyone's naked in this Black Sabbath and then she starts to realize, right, that she's like, she's now part of this. She signed the book. And it, she, the way they filmed her fucking face and the way her face changes, especially when I was watching Outside Mushrooms, is the, he, the way he filmed it was incredible because it shows this demonic looking face and how you see her face is like ecstasy and in all enjoyment of what every pleasure sense in is going off in her brain, essentially in the way she, and you see her lifting. I want to hear more of what you think about that scene because that shit like stayed with me. Yeah. And, and to, 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 before I get into that, there's something I wanted to touch on that I seen a lot of people talking about throughout the movie. Um, this idea of, you know, was she part of this for the entire movie? Some people reckon that she was. It wasn't just there that she Weird. she finally submitted or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't help but feel that, you know, she seems innocent in many of the things that she's accused of. Yes, for sure. By By her family throughout the movie, but... I think you could argue that like her constantly being hounded like that and kind of pushed to that degree 
um, is what eventually caused her to turn to the dark arts in a way. And I think it kind of harkens back to like, uh, you know, I, I loosely researched some, I guess, real life stories and it seemed to be a similar thing. Like you said, it was very easy to just be like, yeah, she's a witch. Um, and there, there is actually a lot of cases of people being that women being accused of being a witch or whatever that eventually had like, I don't know whether it's some sort of like a psychotic breakdown or whatever. Yeah. And basically just went, yeah, I am. I'm a witch. See, and, and you like, ha- eventually you just submit because like, okay, it's like those tortures, right? Where they torture prisoners and people to be like, are you a part of Al Qaeda? And then just keep yeah, doing and it. Just... And eventually like, how do I get myself out of this? Your brain reverts to like, I need to say whatever they want me to say. It, it, this is a good way to talk about it. Okay. Brandon Dassey. Okay. In that famous yeah. making a murder, yep. because essentially they just co-opted him. That's a way I used to say these things because he was someone mm-hmm. who was not a, of a high intellect. And the courts is I did when I was a kid where they were like, you just need to admit everything. And I was just spewing on as a kid to the cops when I was like 15, you can't do that shit. You have to make sure a lawyer, my mom was pissed because she's like, shouldn't there be a parent there or something? Because I was just ex- like, like, Oh yeah, I did this. I'm sorry. Da, da, da. And it's just like, they don't tell you you need a cop around. So like essentially you're just like putting people in this box and eventually they're going to say something just to satisfy this bullshit. And that's why I turned, I thought that same thing where it's like, you pushed her to this. She has nothing left. Yeah. Which is like, did the witch like, do I that? Mean, yeah. Like if you look at it from that point of view, like, okay, her decision to sign the devil's book, I think it makes a lot of sense. She spent her entire life. I'm assuming, um, being made to like devote herself to God and her faith blindly yeah. without any real, like, you know, other than her parents probably being like, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. She has no real reason to follow. No. And I've had that, that thing. Like I was never religious. Right. Um, my, I went to church a couple of times, hated fucking the Sunday bullshit. They made kids do it. What's it called? Sunday class or whatever. Yeah, and, and I've said this many times where like, I was like six, seven, eight years old. The church that we were at started talking about uh, how gay people are bad, and I have a gay uncle. And I was like, "All right." Like my mom, well, my mom was like, "All right, we're leaving." And I never took anything from that. I was always kind of spiritual. My grandma was the one that gave me my first Ouija board. But I, f- there was something that about religion where I'm like, "This sums off here. You have good intentions, but mm. yeah, it's you know and." And I think if we're talking specifically about about Thomason and these people, um, you know, she she follows this faith blindly. At, I'm she, assuming yeah. the, uh, you know, at the instruction of her parents or whatever. It's just like the done thing. That's what they do. And you know, what does she get rewarded with? She gets cast from the colony, or you know, her dad fucks that up for her. Yeah. Then her entire family turn against her. Uh, and essentially create the thing that they fear the most. They become that, uh, I guess, fearful of like Satan and curses and witches. It was so deeply instilled in their faith that it actually caused them to abandon any rational thought. They turn on Thomason and basically turn her into the thing they fear the most. And it's funny to bring it full circle, full circle, because essentially that's why I said what you fear you bring near. So the fact that like, and say this was based on some, it is, it, the, the movie is based on 
a bunch of different stories and the director specifically went very deep into this lore and probably made one of the most disturbing yet greatest iconic witch films that I think will ever exist in the time and the feeling of that place of being you're you're not in like you know it's people from Ireland, Scotland, Britain were all ascending here towards Canada and North America and you had left your old life behind to hopefully have a better life after bloodshed of millions of fucking indigenous people, right? So you don't really even that you're like I hope this is right, like I hope this is correct in in that religious feel. You know what I mean? Where like everyone is scared and everyone is in fear and then you're going to essentially if something you don't understand, like people thinking differently in a very time of strict religion, then you start to point the finger at them. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think out of all those cases, um, that there was, I suppose, inspiration taken from, um, I think the one, I'm not sure I I've sent it to you there. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Z- Zugara, Zugara Murdy? Zugara Murray, sure. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce shit on this podcast. That's why I'm so cringy, but... <laughs> so, the that's... Uh, it was the Zugara Murdy witch burning process, which was uh, in 1610, I think, in the Spanish Inquisition, is actually what majority of it is based on. That was, like, sometime before Salem. As far as I know. Yeah, and I would like to talk about this on another episode for sure. Like it'll eventually come on Stranger Podcast now that I, I consider you one of the co-hosts, is that I want to talk more about like the idea of which is more than we'll do even here and the history of it specifically, mm. because a lot of the burnings come from a a time back in like France and uh you know earlier times in it came from European culture where mostly we were not burning people. We were hanging them. Most times we're hanging them. Like I I would be curious if some witches had the guillotine, but to me, what I've read and understood is that most times in least North America and where I am, they would hang them or like, and I know that existed. It's not as much as people think it is where they drown them too. They put them in a chair and tie them to the chair. And they push him in the wire, be like, all right, if you surface, uh, you're a witch. If you die, we know you're not a witch. Cool. Great deal. Thanks. It's like, you know what I mean? Do you know, like, you know where I'm going with this thought is like, yeah, it wasn't as prevalent, yeah. this witch burning thing that we have in our culture of what people associate with witches as actually people think it was. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's just something like that, I suppose, seemed as like the, the most... Um, commercial like crazy looking image yeah. would be being tied to a stake and being burned alive. The uh, the Satanic Temple actually endorsed this film, uh, and their spokesperson was noted as saying it's an an impressive presentation of Satanic insight that will inform contemporary discussion of religious experience. That's funny. You talking about the what's the milky eyed dude? That runs the Satanic Temple now, and you know who um, I'm talking about. Yeah, what's his name again? It's like I like I and, and to me at the beginning of this podcast because what I was into, I had the Satanic Bible. I have it somewhere beside me. 
I read in the Satanic Bible and I would talk about and Anton's like you said it on the episode that you were a Satanist because now I say I don't subscribe to anything and I and I never really have well I thought it was edgy at a time where I was learning about back in the day a couple of years ago learning about Satanism is essentially like to me at least Anton LaVey's Satanism is just based on okay you're a god in your own right which I've thought beforehand before I ever got in the Satanic Bible, there's this guy named George Calavisius, this UFO contactee from Australia. Can't find anything about him anymore. No, I've never seen any more of his videos. Watched it a lot when I was a kid. He, like, disappeared. And he used to have a, supposed to be contact with the Andromeda Council. I was super into the shit when I was a teenager. And he said that we're all gods and all right. He'd have these talks and that he's like, we're all connected to whatever God is we are also a part of. So it means we're all gods here in this existence because we're connected to some higher reality or higher self. Mm-hmm. So, and then hearing about all this stuff with like the, the witchcraft and, and the burning and the idea of that, you know, we, that you can be influenced on different levels of reality. Right. You know what I mean? And that I, and that, that say like in Anton Levetti, uh, Anton LaVey's version is essentially that you just, okay, you hold, who cares really? There's no, um, afterlife essentially in some views of how we put it, but essentially that you're just here to experience this and move on. Uh, and that's what I took from it. That's not bad because I do believe there's different sects of Satanism. You know what I mean? There's different sections. Some kill children, in my opinion, that I believe that did exist and may still. And there's the one where it's, you know what I mean? It's one where it's just like, Oh, I just don't <laughs> like religion. It's against the religion. Yeah, I will say, like, uh, unfortunately, that dude um, that you were talking about, his name is uh, Lucian Greaves. Yes. He doesn't uh, run anymore, does he? He, he, um, he unfortunately, I think, by, by just his uh, his look alone, probably, he, he gave a lot of cannon fodder to, like, media and stuff because I think it's it was really easy to put, like, a photograph of him and be like satanic temple man kills kids and stuff and like you would look at that and he has like the fucking weird milky eye and stuff and you're like Ugh. i think that same thing where it's just like and to me who whatever the satanic temple does and is behind all of this stuff because who knows who's orchestrating that sort of organization um they chose somebody, a figurehead, much like the queen, all these people we see in society, as someone who looked evil. Do you know what I mean? Because you mm. think that he was just... To me, it's like, did you actually create this because you felt like an outcast, because you looked different, and people thought you were scary, so you developed your own section of Satanism, or at least carried on other people's traditions to do with that belief in folklore, you could even say. And then it's just like, or... Did somebody put him in that position because of what he looked like? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he, I, I'm just reading here. He he had said in an interview about how the idea for the whole satanic temple was conceived. Um, he said they envisioned it as a poison pill in the church state debate. Uh, the idea was that satanists asserting their rights and privileges where religious agendas have been successful in imposing themselves upon public affairs could serve as a reminder that such privileges are for everybody and can be used to serve an agenda beyond the current narrow understanding of what the religious agenda actually is. That's very much what I <laughs> kind of like, you know what I mean? Like I get what he's, mm-hmm. I get where he's coming from. 
when it comes to that stuff. And like I said, I don't subscribe to any belief, but some part of me is like, eh, I get that. You know, they're not bad people. I love fucking wearing black, man. I used to wear fucking eyeliner when I was a 14 year old kid and wear nothing but black and cut off black mm-hmm. gloves. Like I was Same. super emo. I like the darkness, man. I'm into morbid, weird shit. So I get it. So you can see why they would pick this film because of how it does show the religious influence yeah. on certain th- things to do with what we don't understand, like witchcraft and, and the, the belief in a devil. Yeah, and and I think, you know, it harkens into, he went on record uh, at one point and said that Satanism, uh, they don't worship Satan. The the temple of, uh, the satanic temple don't follow Satan. Um, that it's based on personal sovereignty, uh, independence, freedom of will, stuff like that. And they think, chose the same way fucking Anton LaVey did. They just chose a name that was edgy. Yeah, yeah, essentially. I mean, like I said, you know, for newspapers and magazines and shit, it it was a really easy target to be like, you know, satanic temple leader, and it's like this dude with fucking milky eyes. <laughs> you know, it, it it's like I mean, it, it really is like it's, it's it's such an easy target. Like it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like it's. I feel like I should have brought his fucking just for here. I'll just for everybody. Um, fucking give me a sec. As we're talking about this though, um, we're event, we're bringing this to the close. What the fuck's his name? Fucking Lucian. L U C I E N. Greaves is um. He's a weird looking dude. But uh, yeah, fucking. Even watching, like, you know that, uh, did you watch the doc, um, Hail, Hail Satan, Satan with the question mark? Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked it because it's just, just pointing a different point of view. And the thing is nowadays, everyone wants to be accepted, right? We have this whole community when it comes to LGBTQ plus, whatever, ever like, let's include everybody. Right. Where it's just like, you have to eventually, like, I see somewhat of the, uh, d- them destroying religion and the fundamental morals of religion, which are good in some ways, but I also see it where it's just like, if you want to be inclusive, you got to let this motherfucker um, <laughs> come in, come into play because you know what? Like, yeah, he's a freaky looking dude. I don't know why I didn't save it in HD, but, <laughs> and I, it really I, makes it worse. Uh, and I, I don't know if I'm just bantering on, but it's such like, I wanted to just like, kind of like we could end it slowly talk about like, you know, this idea of Satan that we see in our culture, right? I would like to, we've had talks where I want to start um, at like the Hellfire Club and then go forward, then talk about Anton LaVey. And me and Anton always talked about it, it would be called our Hell Series, which if you're interested, we could all three of us do it and it would be long, but essentially it's going to be like four episodes. Talk about like Hell essentially in the paintings and everything that's associated in our culture way back in the day to then maybe the Hellfire Club next and then anton lavey satanism and then now what satanism is today i would love to do that uh, i think it's a fascinating topic i know a lot of people say you know oh it's been covered a lot i i actually i don't know if it has though no uh, i still yeah i still feel like that yes it has been covered yes people put it as the title of their podcast episodes or yeah. youtube channels and stuff like that but I still don't think there's been like a proper deep dive mm-hmm. into what 
is actually behind some of it and what what some of it means. And to me, because, um, you know, I feel like the way we do things is a lot different than other podcasts. And, you know, with the use of the, even me being experienced in psychedelics and you and Anton as even Anton's uh, dived more into the stuff than I have and his youth, like LSD and stuff like that, which I eventually want to try once and see how that makes me feel. Cause I psychedelics are interesting to me as learning from them, but like it allows you in some way, it changes the thought process where I see outside of things differently where I feel like genuinely I'm giving di- a different perspective in a lot of the shows we do than some people would have, because I'm literally, I believe in some crazy shit, but I try to go on subjectively where I'm like, who fucking knows, but this is what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's what I like about, uh, you know, about doing these episodes, but you, you don't just get the, um, the generic cookie cutter. Yeah. Because, it, you know, in a lot of ways, it's easy to do that. You know, it's easy to say I'm interested in these things and I'm curious and then just kind of, you know, have the same spiel as everybody else and just say the same shit. But when you actually de- like the one thing I respect about that as well is being able to. To say or admit things uh, without without any fear of like repercussion or whatever, in the sense of being like, yeah, I like to wear black, you know, I like to listen to this or i like to look at that or i don't have an issue with this i feel like we've i i had an interview with uh i don't know if you've ever seen the the slasher movie cherry falls i actually really like that film it's not like a with a witch yeah it's not a witch kind of britney murphy britney murphy is in it oh i'm thinking of um black falls cherry falls and is it good i might actually sh- check that out then yeah it it is yeah um and it was directed by an australian director called jeffrey wright and I had a chance to interview him earlier today. Oh, that's and, sick. And um, he, um, he kind of, he kind of alluded back to that as well. He was like, you know, this movie went. Basically, what happened was they released the movie, right? And he had like a super unrated version of the movie, and the end scene. Basically, the just really quickly before we end this. So, like, the the very loose plot of the movie was they tried to turn the whole slasher idea um, kind of on its head a bit. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. That, that's that. Brittany Murphy, the, the, Michael, Brian, Gabriel Mann. Oh, I know that one dude. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen this. Um. So, basically, what, how it works is the killer is killing virgins. Oh. So, you know, the way at the time, like, it would have been in, like, a slasher movie, it was like... Oh, if you have sex, you'll die. Yeah. In in, in this one, it, they flip it the other so way. So it's the virgins. On its head, essentially. Yeah. So basically, the end of the movie is this huge bloodbath of like there's like seventy to eighty teenagers having a massive, uh, like weird blood orgy thing. And yeah, so when he when they screened it, and like the audience went wild. But the studio were like, nah, too dangerous, can't be releasing that kind of stuff. So they basically made them do another four cuts of the movie. And he said that the movie that got released, the only version of the movie that ever got released, and the one that, you know, I will see, you will see if you watch it, is basically the airplane version. Um, It's like the softest cut possible. And he was just talking about, you know, I said, do you think we'll ever see the unrated? And he was like, the footage is somewhere, the material is out there, but... You know, it's been 20 years and nothing has surfaced. And he was just talking about how nowadays he was like, it would be next to impossible to even 
to even write that down on a piece of paper and put that in front of a an executive. You know, we're going to have a an 80-person blood orgy. But it's just a movie and it's just for fun. Yeah, and that's... And I'm see I've never even seen it, which I'd be interested in. And the fact that like he's a director essentially, so right is that what like he was right the director? Mm-hmm. So yep. and somebody else wrote the script, right? So then the producers get a hold of it, and it's wherever the footage they own because they technically own it now because they're producing it. So they would have it somewhere. And the thing is, but they let movies slide like Caligula, and some of these like mm. films from the past that just like have like they're you know fuck and the most. Um, inappropriate films and and when it comes to cinema it's just like sometimes you have to let those movies exist um because it cinema picks at certain things in society and who who we are in human nature and the serial killers and and things like that are very real you know what i mean yeah it's uh i don't know it's strange we live in a really strange time and i feel like yeah, not to get too off topic, yeah, but I agree. the the whole the whole pandemic thing and all has just kind of intensified all that. Wait, have you um, noticed that there's no good comedies anymore? Part of it is this fucking woke culture shit. Comedies suck now and have sucked for mm-hmm. almost like ten years because it's illegal to make a joke. Yeah, you can't if you make a joke or say your beliefs, you get jailed for it in some places. Like we talked about, you know, the Irish guy that got fucking jailed for not wanting to say somebody's pronouns yeah. like this idea yep. of like and people are people human beings are human beings people go through all sorts of shit and experiences let them be people but you can't censor people's opinions and thoughts or that's not a free society anymore especially when it comes to cinema if there's an audience let them have it not everybody needs to watch it comedies uh, specifically have bombed essentially because everyone's afraid, you know, so Seth Rogen really doesn't make too many films anymore. Like they, everyone's afraid to say something that's going to offend somebody else, which is going to get them on a, the radar, which gets them canceled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we live in a sad and, time when it comes to cinema. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like, um, I, I bought a, I bought a hat recently. It's just like a regular, like dad hat. And it has a, an embroidery of a pentagram and it just says go to hell. Yeah. I just bought it. I, I like the design. That, yeah. Like, I, but I bought it. I, I like the design. There's no real, like I don't go out and stab babies and like rape women, but like the amount of people that like, when I came back here, like I live in a quite conservative small town, the amount of people I see like looking at that and being like, like it's a fucking hat. And that's why I'm saying people need to calm down. We're like, uh, during even the pandemic, right? I wasn't, I wasn't wearing a mask. I was one of those people. I don't care what people think about that, but I was just someone that was like, Hey, I've had enough of this. I wore it for a bit. This is bullshit. Started to research it. What is really going on? Follow the money, not the science essentially. And people would look at me. I got called a scumbag for walking the mm-hmm. wrong direction of the owl, like the arrows in the fucking grocery mm-hmm. store. And I now I w- and I don't care. I've like I don't give a shit what people think about me. If you enjoy who I am, I appreciate you, and I'm here for love and to change the world in, in some form and talk about strange things. But I wear a fuck Trudeau shirt places I go. I have a fuck the New World Order shirt, where people give me weird looks, but essentially nobody says shit to me because what are they gonna say? I'm like yo, you support fucking governments taking over your lives? Like nobody says things because. At the deeper level, every normal thinking person 
to me that understand psychology and your brain and just any someone that is kind of intellectual understands there is something wrong with censoring somebody that just thinks outside of the box of what the government and society has structured for you. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, and I feel like maybe at some point we should do a, maybe just a, an off the cuff rant episode about this maybe sometime, but uh, you have to pay for that people. Yeah. You know, the Patreon. It, fuck. It's something that like infuriates me to, to think about it. And I suppose to tie it back into this, while researching this movie, I did see it's it's a very um, it's a very divisive movie. Like there's a for as many people say it's amazing, it's a great piece of art, it's a it's a fantastic piece of work. There's also the other side. Yeah, there always is. Who are like you know kind of, and I don't mean just shitting on it from a critic point of view, like a, a you know a filmmaker point of view, but like a lot of people were bringing up the whole satanic thing and the witch thing and. Oh, you know, they're like objectifying women and they're doing this and there's they're showing like stuff that doesn't need to be shown and I'm like come on like It's playing a time period of what it was like. Like context about where we were as a side. We were like especially when they're cancel certain people, let's cancel this Christmas song because it's about subduing a woman. Stuff like that where it's like get the context of the time error and where we were as a, as a society. Okay, we're now within a short span of time, we've gone too woke, where it's just like everything needs to be dissected. And the thing is Everyone can say what they want when it comes to this subject, but not this one. And that's where we are as society. And with films like this that literally toy at those emotions and ideas of who we were as human beings at a certain time period, and people are saying to like cancel it or get rid of it or don't show it, you will lose the value of life, in my opinion, and the sense of wonder. We will live in this autonomous existence where it's like 1984 where it's like you're always being watched you're you're supposed to be like china people can say what they want but china is a i wouldn't want to live there oh they eradicated poverty sure shut the fuck up they lock people in their fucking houses for thinking that they're kind of sick so that society you want to live in that society where you get you can't go on the internet and search a certain thing because even if it's something my mundane is like how to change your mind or fix your depression or something like that everything is censored you know, and I'm sorry for that rant, but like that's if we keep canceling things, that's what's going to happen. Yep, it's fucked, and it'll remove, it, but it'll remove everything. Like art won't get to be subjective in any form, whether that be film, music, whatever it might be. Yeah, uh, you know, if we go down that route, then we won't even get to have these conversations. No, and we'll be listening to fucking house music. Be constantly in a fucking club that like, just fucking be like you ever played the game um we happy few it's mm-hmm. a crazy game where you, they give you pills yep. these joy pills love that game it's it's cr- created by canadians it's and it, if you don't know what it is look it up but it's actually you have to take your pill when you stop taking your pill you start to see how gloomy and you have like withdrawals of like this they make you just believe in this fake world and everyone be happy and take your joy and take your pill that's where society to me is going if if people aren't careful and without people you could say like joe rogan even though i feel like there's times where i made a comment saying where sometimes he's not the joe that we need him to be with certain things it's like bro you should be calling the fuck out of these people that you have on your show and it's content yeah but you can't dance on that line Everyone's rooting for these specific people in society to call out 
these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, look what happened to. Again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop waffling now for people yeah. who were like, "Ah, oh, you you finished talking about the movie." Yeah. Um, but like, look what's happening to Andrew's head at the minute. I, I know. Mean, they they essentially just wiped him off the face of the earth. He he done a podcast recently. I haven't actually watched it yet. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, and you wouldn't know him. He he's you'd see him from time to time popping up on TikTok and stuff. He has quite quite a popular podcast. He interviews all these like famous entrepreneurs yeah. and like I guess forward thinkers and um he he had andrew tate on and he basically went he was like yeah this is this is the exact point i was making the entire time of my content (laughs) look look what happened overnight they wiped me off the face of social media every single app every single platform got rid of me and he was like yeah I, i i had to make a new account on uber in the uk all the banks tsb barclays all them basically told me no you're gonna have to move your money somewhere else we we don't want to be associated we don't want anything to do with it he's like it's fucking wild he was like if i was a regular person like a regular dude my life is over i might as well commit suicide yeah no it it is true in that way that they're doing that and that's what like and we're essentially for the people that you may disagree we're just talking about a movie that pushed the boundaries of cinema and essentially that the way that society is going, you may, I think Andrew Tate is playing a character for sure, but he's rich and he does what he mm-hmm. wants. And he supposedly, what I've looked into, accumulated that wealth essentially on his own and kind of just built up a brand and a business and then speaks about these things that I would say 70% of the world thinks a majority of the world does agree with at least half the shit he says, even if he is playing a character, but with, I love cinema. I love movies. And for them, I've seen fucked up movies that most people shouldn't see. Like a Caligula. I've seen that like twice in my life. And that's a fucking strange, weird, fucked up movie. There's these things in cinema and our, our subconscious and that you have to just allow it to happen to me. And, you know, because me and you are both horror fans, there is films out there that literally make you question your reality, how you feel about a certain thing, death, the mortality of living in this reality, you know, where you have to let those things in our exist. You have to, or we don't, there's no point of living anymore. If you're doing it in a structured, structured mm-hmm. way where you have to follow all these guidelines. Cause that's what every app does now. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I guess then, so closing thoughts yeah. on this movie, you, you would recommend <laughs> it. Like I, I, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I would a hundred percent recommend to see this movie at least once. But one thing I will say is make sure you do what I done on Tom's recommendation. Uh, you can either take a shit ton of mushrooms yeah. or Have if you're not going to do that, make sure to put your phone in a different room, put your iPad away. Don't do anything like that. Like genuinely listen to this sit down and just give it 90 minutes and actually take the movie in. Yes, because it, it's it's cinematic and it's uh, an amazing film. And like I said, there's so many thoughts that may brought me to, you know, wanting to do this episode with you and, and, and throwing it in your ear that we should cover this is it genuinely, as I was coming inside, packing up everything after I, we watched it and then we put on a movie, but it more or less me and my fiance just talked. All I did was take a eight, like a fucking PA to gram of mushrooms had no visuals, but then I had a beer or two, but that it made me 
and I felt sober, but but kind of mushroomed mind. If people understand what psychedelics do, as I analyzed it differently, and we were talking about ghosts and all this stuff, it left me in this weird haunting feeling afterwards. We're just even when we we're talking cleanup things, and later I was like, I'm still shook visibly to even to my girlfriend. Where I'm like, I can't mm. stop analyzing the film, and specifically, it's because of the way it ended too with this idea that she just walks into the woods and there's a black sabbath going on and then everyone in that feeling of her just laughing as she just levitates over this bonfire and you know back in the day bonfire comes from bone fire which is when they used to sacrifice people so this idea of like it's it freaked me out and i literally like fucking like for the whole night thought about like i shouldn't have messed around with the ouija board when i was a kid it left me with this feeling of like i don't need to mess with this dark arts anymore it's really effective and i have to commend uh everybody involved with the movie uh you know from the actors to the director to the writers to sound everything was like there's very little i could fault about the movie i feel like everything slotted in exactly where it should have um and i definitely recommend it to everybody for a one time time. even you know what even even if you're not yeah because i feel like like what you said it's not it's not something that, you know, you can stick on every week. Like hereditary. Like, oh, I don't can't, I can watch Friday the 13th every Halloween. I can watch it every other yeah. week if I really felt like it. Because it's, it's to me, those, and I think you would agree that those things, like Nightmare and Elm Street, comfort films. They, I don't, because yeah. I grew up watching yeah. them and it was something that was kind of taboo when I was younger. It's, they comfort me, that fun slasher film. Mm-hmm. There's films like this, The Witch and Hereditary, that it's two times, maybe three or four in your lifetime. And that's about it. I'm good. Yeah, and and it's something that I would recommend, even if you're not a fan of of straight up horror movies. I would I would try and give it the time because it's um it's uh it's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> probably all this um, is me and Dan just showed our cups of Michael Myers. Yeah, sorry for everybody who's <laughs> on the audio there. We're just like showing off cups. Um, so I guess in, in closing then, uh, where can people check you out, find you, support you? What have you got coming up? So we have lots of ideas and stuff to do on both of our shows. I believe a lot of stuff's coming. Um, you know, and I this is going to be released before Halloween anyway. So like we have a lot of stuff coming up. Aaron, like everyone tune in. You can find us at Strange Brew TTV on Twitch, uh, Strange Brew Podcast on everything else like Facebook and YouTube. We're going live on October 28th at 6.30 Eastern time, you know, for people across the pond, it's going to be later, but if you're staying up, you're drinking, you're coming down from whatever the fuck you're doing throughout that Halloween weekend and that Friday, tune into the live. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to show videos. I think each have a scary story. And then we also have our Halloween special, which we're doing all about the Ouija board. But we have episodes coming with Aaron where we're going to do a part two of a, uh, a sexual uh, specter uh, episode. So there's a lot of stuff coming for Halloween because I fucking love this time. It may, it gets my dick hard, as I said on the fucking haunted episode. The stuff that like, it just gets me going. Like, I just love talking about this stuff. I love Halloween and fall. I hate winter, but I love the lead up to winter. Yeah, likewise. Um and I, if I could, I would probably live in that season forever. Me too. Just yeah. like that, like an eternal, like lead up to Halloween. Um, but like one yeah, day for is me, super hot so you can go swimming. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't actually even mind if the weather was just really nice, but it was just around that build up to Halloween. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, for me, it's the usual Class Horrorcast on any podcast platforms, um, classhorrorcast.com, uh, First Class Horror on all social media. I do actually have a new link. Uh, it'll be in the bio on any of my socials for, uh, I think, I'll speak pipe. So if anybody... That. I was like... If anybody, anybody wants to send in questions, comments, remarks, whatever you want to do, uh, I'm going to dedicate maybe an episode a month or something. I'm just going to do um, like audience clips and stuff like that and answer them or whatever. Um, yeah, other than that, there's a lot of stuff coming, like Tom said. Um, I also have a lot of stuff on my side involving Tom. Um we're going to shoot for a Halloween resurrection. I'm excited for that, actually. Commentary. I can't wait for that. Uh, we Rob have Zombie. the 98 Carnival of Souls. Uh, we have Rob <laughs> Zombie. There's like so much multiple, shit that works. Yeah, I saw that you were doing that fan stuff. thing of getting people to like, I was like, oh shit. And then like, I don't know if it's different where you have to do it within a computer. It's like, allow your settings because I was going to send you a fucking message. I Somebody said that we should do that. We'll like play with the idea of being able to call a number and leave like a voicemail. Mm-hmm. I would just like to see what happens because I'm sure I would have a couple people that would be like, you ableist piece of trash. Like I just have people screaming at me from a phone angry at my point of views. But I'm sure there are some fans that would love to just leave me weird shit to play on the show. And we've toyed with that too. It's just maybe even playing at the end of the episodes if we ever establish something like that where you can call in and we'll play your voicemails and maybe respond to them at the end of certain episodes because I think it's yeah, smart. Yeah, I, I think that would be really interesting. <laughs> it's like so you're um, yelling about no, shit. I, I, I could regret it. I don't yeah. know, but uh, I, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, appreciate everyone. Fuck if you've yeah. got to the very end of this, uh, we appreciate you. We've been kind of a little bit all over the place, I suppose, sure. at times. I thought it would get this way. Um, yeah, that's we have a tendency mm-hmm. to do that. Um, like I said, keep an eye out over the next couple of weeks. There's a lot of stuff coming. And I'm assuming that, you know, even though it's coming in to build up a Halloween we're probably going to have even more stuff towards the tail end of the year as well. I'm sure um, too with I, the Christmas is oh, it's so many movies we could talk about around Christmas mm-hmm. too. I know Anton yep. wants to do um a Christmas horror story with fucking William Shatner. Mm-hmm. So I know he wants to talk about that. And I was like, that could be all three of us for his show. Cause Anton's just trying to get yep. a show off the ground. That's one of my co-hosts. He does a thing called House of yep. Trash, and he's just starting to get a show up. But talk about essentially trashy and obscure movies and like specifically horror movies and stuff. So just obscure stuff, like the trashiest fucking weird. Like we did um, uh, that. What's that? I was like, why can't I think of this? The movie where people drank alcohol and they fucking um, tr- street trash. We oh, did yeah, that because yeah. Anton yeah. told me to watch that movie. I was like, never seen it. And I was like, OK, like it's fucking weird. So we have their stuff like going on with that that will also involve Aaron. So we're super. I'm fucking excited for a lot of the stuff we're gonna do going forward. Yeah, I feel like I I had a I had like a huge hiatus there for a while, and I just I don't know not not that I lost the the passion or anything like that, but I was like I just I don't I don't know which direction to go in. There's like so many different things and places and you know things I want to try and do, and I was like no. The, now I feel like reinvigorated, refreshed, um, and just ready to to kind of get cracking again. As always, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Fuck yeah, uh, being able to do this with you. Um, I feel like you're one of the driving forces, maybe, and get me back on the horse. And I like, like that because you also drive me, and I think that we realize that with our connection is that it's 
nice that I find that we think very similar in a lot of ways where I have, because of the, what we do at Strange Brew, we're able to dive into weird folklore, everything strange, real stories. But in, on your show, we're able to dive into something I've always loved, which I've toyed with, is doing talking about more horror movie aspects of things. So we kind of get best of both worlds with both of our shows mm-hmm. because I love yep. horror. And there's and then I will never run out of probably ideas. I'll watch something like, yo, you want to fucking do this? Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed, which is good, which helps me because I'm quite... Uh, I can be like really indecisive with things. I'd be like, should I, shouldn't I? Maybe I, no, that's probably a shit idea. Like when I, when I tossed out the idea of Halloween resurrection, I was like, oh, I know he's going to be like, what the fuck do you want to do? That <laughs> I think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, like I, I, even if you didn't, I was like, cause I was like, okay, if he, if he doesn't want to do Halloween resurrection, I was like, could I pull off an entire commentary solo? And I was like, oh, God, yeah. that's going to be tough. Oh, I've tried to debate on doing episodes through the Patreon where I just talk or Tom talks or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know if someone wants to listen to me talk for an hour and a half about my stupid-ass thoughts that I have every waking day of my life. And that's why I think it's we have a lot of stuff in the works, and I like that. Like, these ideas that we're toying with, it was funny when we were talking again about Rob Zombie. I was like, fuck yeah, like, I'll... Well, let's get into that stuff mm-hmm. because there's also leading up to the stuff that he's working on now too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff, and 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 I love him again for similar reasons to what we talked about earlier. I do feel like yeah, if we just he's one of those. Going, we're just going to talk for another hour for everybody. Yeah, he he's just one of those filmmakers that uh, is has always been himself, no matter what he's done. Yeah. he's always kind of stayed true to himself, which I love. He's like doing what he um, wants to do, you know. Yeah. And, and I have to appreciate that, like, because that's kind of the life I would like to Me live. Me too. Even my music, um, I'm like, I still create my hip hop songs, and I still rap, and I still write music. You know, a couple hundred people may see it on YouTube. Essentially, I don't do it for anyone else but myself and my own weird therapeutic shit. And to me, that's how Rob Zombie feels and the way he does his stuff. It's like, I yeah, just want to do this because yeah. it's my thing. Well, look, yeah. uh, I'm going to attempt to bring this to I a pause because I can't shut my mouth. Me neither. I was like, I could do this um, for another fucking hour or two. It's like, like what about Witches Canal so we get into? Um, it's it, Like I said, it's been a pleasure 100%. as always. It's been fun. I hope everybody listened and enjoyed. Um, if you did make it to the end, you're uh, now a hero. Yes. <laughs> if you made it through our babbling for the last two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just keep an eye out on both of our socials. Uh, okay. A lot of stuff coming over the next couple of months. And um, yeah, we'll see everybody soon. Yeah, peace out, fuckers. Peace. Stay strange. Thanks for listening to another episode of Class Horrorcast. Stalk the CHC podcast at classhorrorcast.com. At First Class Horror on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or on Twitter at class underscore horror. The CHC podcast is hosted and produced by Aaron Doyle. And is an FCH production.